Welcome to the Truth Be Known podcast, bringing you the objective truth boldly, candidly, and without apology. Welcome to this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Truth Be Known podcast. I'm Nathaniel Jolly. And I'm Eki Tepsapornchai. Today, we'll kind of wrap up this short little series of different counseling topics, singleness, um, which is, which is, I think, just very fitting, right? We've covered various other topics people deal with. We've covered depression. We've yeah. covered, you know, all sorts of things like that. Um, we've covered marriage for husbands, marriage for wives, and we'll sort of end on uh, what about single people? What do they yeah. do? Uh, in, in fact, it's interesting because now... There are, I don't think it's a very large group, so I don't want to give that impression, nor do I think they deserve to have that uh, large of a platform. But there's sort of like in 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 liberal circles, this advocacy for yeah, singleness right. and as though um, it, it's just very interesting. The, the real question is, uh, then what do singles do? What does the Bible have to say um, about what a life is supposed to look like. We were all single at one stage, right? Nobody's born married. Right. right. Um, and so in some sense, uh, we, we should all kind of know uh, as believers what this life looks like. But it's very easy, I think, with all the you know, conferences that talk to married people and often in, in yeah. churches from the pulpit will refer to married people. And sometimes we don't do as good of a job um, as uh, letting single people know that we're you know, this is for them too. Um, and oftentimes right. they fight loneliness, right? Um, and so we'll just kind of jump in. What What are your initial thoughts when a single person comes to you and says, um, y- y- you know, Eki, I heard that sermon in, uh, a, in Ephesians chapter five, and it was just so great. I'm looking forward to the day um, where, you know, I'm a wife or I'm a husband, but I'm not y- there yet. And so really, uh, those whole few sermons, the last couple of weeks about marriage has nothing to do with me. I- I'm lonely. Um, what do I get out of that? W- where do you kind of start that conversation? Yeah. In fact, when I preach through Ephesians uh, chapter five, uh, verses 22 to the end of the chapter, um, it was, um, I believe a two or three part series, uh, for, for us. And uh, each time I prefaced it with, hey, even if you're single, you, d- you don't have a spouse, um, th- this is still applicable for a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, those passages um, include a lot of wonderful truth about Christ in the church. Um, so even as a single person, we would be remiss to dismiss that passage because at the end of it all, P- Paul goes on to say that, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to you uh, a mystery, but this is this is talking about Christ in the church. Um, so understanding that picture, that consummation uh, between Christ and the church, I think is very, very important. Second, uh, as a single person, uh, you may run across situations where you, uh, you, uh, someone who is in a troubled marriage comes before you and talks to you about some of their issues, uh, even though you're a single person. Maybe, maybe uh, one of them is kind of venting or or just sharing some of the struggles that they have. Well, having this understanding of scripture will equip you to be able to even provide some some basic counsel to that person, even if you don't share in that experience. Um, third, uh, I would say 
if the Lord should bring you a, you know, a husband or a wife uh, in the future, you want to be prepared. Uh, and so you, you don't want to wait until marriage to start thinking about how to be married. Uh, you want to even be prepared beforehand. Um, so that that's going to be really the mindset. And, and I think most people would understand that. I, I think the real struggle is when someone is feeling very lonely um they're feeling very lonely and and they're wanting to wanting a partner and how do they deal with that uh but certainly those passages are always applicable at least for those reasons one to learn more about god uh two to be able to uh, provide some basic counsel to others uh, who are in a situation of, of a marriage and they're they're grieving or or um, complaining or um, just expressing some anxiety or frustration about uh, their situation and then the third is really to prepare yourself uh, for that for that time or, or day when when the Lord brings someone for you. Yeah, it, you know, when we talk about loneliness, I, I can't remember who said it now, but someone said fellowship is Christ's answer to loneliness and joy yeah. is his answer to emptiness, right? Um, mm. And and that's really true. I think oftentimes, and, and you've probably found this to be true as well, uh, when, when people, now I don't mean just those moments of loneliness i you know we can get those and and they come and they're and they're you know we deal with it it's not long lasting but you know oftentimes single people will kind of fall into this sort of perpetual loneliness and yeah. there's a lot of reasons that could be but i i think often that comes from really it's its own marriage it, it, it's sort of a marriage between discontentment and idleness um, mm. it, they're they're focusing on what they don't have. They're discontent right. with the current right. life God's given them, and they're idle, and so they have too much time to dwell on that. Um, and, and so, oftentimes, just being faithful in the Christian life and involved in the local fellowship resolves the issue of loneliness. Now, it, it doesn't take away the desire, certainly, to be married, nor would I think either one of us ever want to remove that from someone. Uh, if that right. desire is there, that's a good, godly yeah, that's a good desire. You know, desire. Yeah. Um, but but if you you know if you dwell on that long enough, that you you start to become lonely, and that becomes kind of a depressive thing. You know, th th then it, so those are kind of the things that I've often noticed about that type of person is they're they're often not as involved as they could be or they should be, um, and, and they're and they haven't found themselves content with the life that God's given them right now, which is yeah, really I, a I sad, a sad right. place. Go ahead, jump in there. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a, a that's a really good point, um, and and I think generally discontentment, and I I say generally, I I can't think of an exception to this, but. Uh, I would say generally discontentment is really discontentment with what God has given you, right? The situation that God has placed you in. And we think of many secular examples where, you know, someone is envious of someone else because of their house or their car or their job or whatever it is. And a lot of times lonely people can fall into the same trap where they're envious uh, of other people who are in marriages, have um, have husbands and, and have wives um, especially uh, those who are are godly and and serving within the church, and I agree with you. I think the the solution to that is is fellowship, and fellowship is should be a constant always. Um, but those who are uh, those who are lonely will, will have the opportunity to really draw upon fellowship even more than those who are married and and with family. 
And uh, and so you're you're right. Uh, the more engaged you are in fellowship, I think the more that uh, resolves that loneliness issue. Though the desire to to be married may still be there, and I I agree with you also that that is a good and godly desire. Um, God gave us the institution of marriage. Um, in, in fact, He even said back in Genesis two, "It is not good for a man to be alone. Um, I will create for him a helper." So, really, marriage starts off <clears throat> from from God's perspective, with the motivation of companionship, so it, it is good uh, to to want that and and good to uh, desire that one flesh relationship. But as with all good things, you can turn it into an idol. Ministries can can become idols. Uh, a good desire can become an idol, and then that certainly is the case uh, with marriage. But yes, throw yourself into fellowship. Uh, throw yourself into service, uh, and you know, use that, that time also to get to know not only um, single people within the church, but get to know those married couples within the church. Uh, find out from them, learn from them. You know what? How how has God used marriage in their lives to to grow them? That. That really could be part of your your preparation stage um, in anticipation for when the Lord will bring you someone. Um, just learn from those married couples uh, around you and, and find out what it is that makes some of the more godly couples that you notice. You know, you can ask them those questions. Um, has it always been like this? Well, what are some things that you have learned in your marriage that the Lord has used to to make you guys more like Christ? Uh, what 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 do you guys do? What's a typical day for you guys uh, or a typical week in terms of just maintaining your marriage? You know, those are those are questions that I can't think of a single godly married couple who who wouldn't be more than happy to to answer because I, I know this for those of us who are married and we're in a a great marriage we love nothing more than for single people to desire to to be prepared and, and to understand what it takes to really uh, bring to the table what's necessary to to make that work yeah absolutely and, and I think it, you know we have to be careful with being discontent. I, I think we all fight at times being yeah. discontent with where we are in life. And and you said it really well. I really that's us unhappy with God and what he's given us. Um and, and so we really need to be careful of that. And I think sometimes my concern is that if the life pattern of someone who is not yet married is that they're discontent in that. Um the thought is that well if they just get married that goes away. Right. But the right. problem isn't isn't the, the problem is that they're discontent in in the place God's put them. And so then what happens when they get into the marriage and it's not exactly what they expected or you know they learn that you know what there's still struggles in marriage because you have two people who are you know still uh being sanctified and right. um they have to help one another and learn from each other's sins and deal with new sins. And, and so then they find that they just bring their discontentment from singleness into marriage. And and so I would say to someone who is lonely and single, I mean, they really need to do a heart check um, if it's a perpetual loneliness it is to say, well, if that's the case, then maybe, you know, this is God's grace that you are still single because you need to learn to be content with what God's yeah. given you now. And instantly the Philippians passage comes up in my mind. Um, do not be anxious for anything, but in everything mm -hmm. by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, right? And, right. and I think mm -hmm. that's the key. Um, again, it, it, we, we don't want the desire to be married, you know, to be removed, but we but we do want people to be content and, and w filled with thanksgiving. It, it's a great time to be prepared when you're single for marriage, 
right? You, you, you still listen intently to the sermons about marriage because, you know, one day you're hoping that God's going to, you know, bring a spouse to you or he's going to help you find a spouse if you're a guy. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think those are really key things. One of the things I think when we start talking about loneliness that is unhelpful is our kind of pop psychology society, right? Mm. Because the issue of loneliness really just becomes kind of a self-love, self-focus, self thing, right? Right. It's all about me and my current feelings. Maybe talk to that a little bit. What are some of the dangers? Maybe some guys are listening and they're like, well, I mean, I, I feel lonely all the time and I just want or I want. Maybe they've never thought about that. Yeah, and and that's um, you know, unfortunately, Christianity gets gets presented a lot of times as, um, you know, accept Christ so that He can fill that void in your life and and make you less lonely, and then uh, you know that sets you up for disappointment if you don't have a partner. Then you get into uh, being a Christian and and attending church, but you're not really plugged in, and you're really more focused on where's my partner and uh, why can't I find someone. Um, yeah, the, the pop psychology of the world will take you in all kinds of different directions. And, and the problem with uh, pop psychology is that it never points to God. It never points to Christ as being the solution. And, and so when people ask me what, you know, we've done a whole episode um, or two on, on psychology and some of the issues there. Um, but when people ask me, um, what, what is it that I have against psychology? And, you know, th- there's, there are parts of it, the observational parts, where I have don't, really don't have an issue with. It's the interpretational parts, and the interpretational parts will never point back to Jesus Christ. Um, so, for for people that are lonely, and you, you know, you brought up a good point also um, that you know, if you're discontent, you're going to bring that discontentment um, into the relationship, especially when you end up being disappointed in various aspects of, of marriage. And just about everyone is. Uh, even Paul Tripp wrote a book called "What Did You Expect." Um, and, and that was addressing the, uh, the the marriage disappointment that often happens between both husbands and wives. You know, let, let me say this from the pastoral standpoint, and you know, and and you can add to this. Uh, if your walk is characterized by discontentment, um, you, you have you have issues. You've got some issues you need to work on in terms of your spiritual walk. And from a pastoral standpoint. If someone else were looking for a partner, and I thought this was a good and godly man, or if this was a good and godly woman, and uh, and and they were, um, you know, and I knew that uh, that God had put in their heart to, the desire to find a partner and to be married, but they hadn't made it an idol. Um, I would not want to introduce that person to another person who's characterized by discontentment. It's just not a good. Yeah. It's it's not going to be a good fit. Um, in fact, for someone who's characterized by um, discontentment. I would not say as as a pastor that, that person is ready for any kind of relationship until they address uh, what's uh, what's lacking in the relationship with with God and and our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's very important not to fall into the traps of the world and and how the world wants you to address that. And you even mentioned um, at the outset the this uh, the, this new kind of um, um, obsession with just being single and and not being married. Um, and it's 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 interesting because. Uh, Amongst uh, heterosexual people, um, marriage is becoming less and less popular. And then amongst the LGBTQ community, marriage is becoming more and more important. And it's just how interesting how upside down, you know, the world is becoming. Um, But there is this uh, push uh, against uh, really marriages and this push against families and and whatnot. And it's typically from the, the progressives. 
Um, it's typically from those who are very worldly in their thinking. Um, we always have to go to the Bible and, and get our information and our understanding from the Bible. Um, but uh, bottom line here is that rather than turn to the world or turn to pop, pop psychology or 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 give in to self love, which by the way, when the world wants you to accept yourself and love yourself more. Um, no, I, I would say that you need to understand the love of God more for, for someone who's a Christian. And then you need to be able to find contentment. And the one who's able to find contentment in singleness is going to be the one that, from my standpoint, is going to be ready for uh, for a one flesh relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, th there's a lot of truth to becoming the type of spouse you want someone you, you want someone else to be for you, right? Um, when, yeah. when you're looking for a spouse and you're thinking, you know, if you're a single lady and that's your desire and you're struggling with this loneliness and you think about what kind of husband you want, you know, a, a godly man who's, you know, he's serving in his church, he's giving time to the Lord, he's faithful in, you know, his Bible studies and he's pursuing, you know, a godly life. Well, are, are, are you doing that are you becoming the kind of woman that that kind of right. man is going to be attracted to exactly. right um right. you know when when that man looks at you is he going to see you know a woman who's sort of you know just kind of turned inward and uh is more focused on her own loneliness and those sort of things and maybe not involved in the community not fellowshipping with the saints not um you know really pursuing and giving the time she has to god is that what he's going to see? Because uh, the type of man that you would want isn't going to be attracted to that. And, and right. you know, you rightly pointed out, Eki, neither one of us would want to introduce him to that kind of woman. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and then not because she's a terrible person, but just because she's not ready yet. Um, right. And, and then right. on the flip side, the same thing. Right. If you're a young man and you're struggling with loneliness, you know, and you think of this you know, th this this beautiful young lady that you want, and she's godly, and she's serving in the church, and she's pursuing Christ. Well, is that kind of woman going to look at you in your life and say, yes, this is the kind of person I want to lead me in my home? And and if the answer is no, then there's there's something that needs to be done, right? Um, I, I love something John Piper says um, that's that's very key here, I think. He says, how we live in our marriage and our singleness will show if Jesus is our supreme treasure. Mm. And that's key. That's I think very true. Yeah. That, th that's the key to loneliness, I believe, as a single person. Um, if, if Christ is your treasure and you're pursuing him with all that you have, the desire will certainly be there, but the life of pursuing Christ will fill the voids that need to be filled for that time in your life. Um, yeah. And, yeah and, and that will consequently produce the type of person that, you know, the spouse you're wanting would be attracted to. Um, and, and so yeah. I, it's just such a great picture. So if, if you're struggling with loneliness, you know, I, I think a heart check is needed, right? Um, go talk to your pastor about it. Make sure there's, you know, maybe you, uh, you, you have, make sure you haven't fallen into covetousness. Um, yeah. you know, or have you right. become idle? Has your focus become just all about you rather than your relationship with God? I mean, look, singleness is an incredible gift, um, for the time period that you have it because, yeah. Yeah. and Paul talks about this while you're single, you can serve the Lord in ways that are far easier 
than yeah. when you're married. Yeah, your your attention um, that, is less divided. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And so don't waste that time. You can study in ways that you can't study because your time's not divided. You can, um, yeah. you know, you can go on, you know, the mission trips. You can help more out, uh, you know, at the church early before service and late nights. And you know, when you have when you get married and you and you have kids, your your time is divided, rightfully so. Um, and then another encouragement, and then you can kind of wrap us up here, Eki. The last thing I would leave single people who are struggling with this is really from Ephesians 5, 15, and 16. Let me just read that. It says, yeah. therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. And that phrase, making the most of your time, is not uh, the word used for like, the time of day, it, it's season that he uses and uh, making the most of your time really means to buy back or to redeem your time. It, it's, it, it gives the, um, it paints the picture of taking every opportunity that you can find right. in service to Christ. That That's what he's talking about. And so don't, don't miss the, the, the opportunities to serve Christ unique in unique ways when you're single and as you pursue Christ in that, you'll wholeheartedly, you'll find the feeling of loneliness become something that's not overwhelming. And I think it gets put back in its right place, um, you know, rather than something that starts controlling your your life. Why don't you close us out? Let, last thoughts on that, Eggy? Yeah, for, um, for men, uh, for men who are lonely, uh, think about what a godly woman would want and, and really what a godly woman would want is actually what God would want in you. And, and that's to grow in your understanding and your knowledge of God's word, to grow as a leader, someone who can show that he can lead spiritually, someone who loves the church, cares about the church, is willing to take up um, difficult tasks, uh, take on some challenging uh, roles, uh, is someone who loves the truth and is willing to defend the truth, share the gospel, all those kinds of things. And be careful not to do that with the motive of just trying to attract a partner. Um, you want to do that to please God. When you do it with the motive of pleasing God, those who love God will be drawn to you. And for wives, uh, it's a, a lot of that's going to be the same. You know, growing your understanding of the Lord, growing in your understanding of God, but also showing that um, that you know your your kindness and gentleness. And not to say that men aren't supposed to show that. Of course, they're supposed to show that. But you know, for for women, women uh, just tend to be more relational than men. And uh, and women, you know, look for opportunities to to really serve. Um, you know, learn from the godly women in the church, just as men should be learning from godly men in the church. Uh, but show that you're someone who whose walk with God is solid. Um, show that you're someone who, uh, who who in a in a marriage relationship, you would do what God says because um, He is ultimately your Lord, and in doing so, you would look for a godly husband that is going to be a leader, um, which means that you're going to be a good helper. You're going to be someone who um, submits, but uh, does so in, in a way that glorifies God. Uh, not afraid to uh, to bring up God's word and and to hold uh, hold her husband accountable to to God's word, but also knows. Uh, when to just trust God in in submission when that's necessary. So think about all those characteristics um, that 
that uh, a godly man or a godly woman would want. And really, those are the characteristics that God wants to see in you. And so focus right there in the church. We just talked about fellowship. Those are things that you can cultivate right there within fellowship and should be cultivating. You know, even if you have no desire to be in a relationship, maybe you have this uh, gift of singleness where you're going to be single all of your life. Those are still good directives for either side. Um, that you exhibit uh, that kind of fruit and, and grow in that kind of way. If you're not growing in that kind of way, um, a, a godly man or a godly woman is not going to want to meet you. And let me just share one quick uh, story. I met once with a with a young man, and um, maybe not that young. He's a little bit younger than me. He's um, middle age. I'm, I'm middle aged, but he's um, getting up there into middle age. But he's he was bitter, uh, just very bitter, um, broken relationships with his family. Um, it's sometimes living homeless and just not knowing where, where this guy is. And he came in to see me, not because he wanted to see me, but because he had some friends who really cared about him that encouraged him to come talk to me. And as he came and spoke to me, um, this was someone who was once uh, in the church, uh, once exhibited uh, a passion for God, um, at least according to um, what I hear from other people. And as I spoke to him, I, you know, he he's talking about his frustrations of not finding um, a wife, not having a girlfriend, not having that kind of companionship. And I told him, I said, well, first of all, you need to turn back to God and come back to church. I, I said, you you need to you need to develop a relationship with God. And his re his response immediately to that was, I tried that. And that response right there told me everything I needed to know that was deficient in his view. Um, because by saying I tried that, he had the wrong motivation all along. His motivation was to find a partner. No, in life, our motivation should be to glorify God. It's to glorify God, to to grow in our knowledge and understanding and uh, our, our discipleship um, that we may become conformed to the image of God's own son. So make that make that your goal. Um, just plug into the body of Christ and just focus on on doing things God's way because discontentment in any form always comes down to not being happy with what God has given you. You learn contentment with God, you're going to draw um, the attention of those who are godly. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And, it, you know, just the last note of practicality, because I think this just has to be said with young uh, people today. I mean, it, young guys, if you're if you're ready and you're content, you, you gotta you gotta go talk to the young ladies. I mean, it, you know, yeah, right? Put right. on your put on your big boy pants and you know go talk to them. And then I would just say yeah. to the ladies, look, don't make it so difficult to be talked yeah, to, right? And and mm -hmm. be kind. You know, be yeah, kind. Be approachable. It, if you're if you're not interested, just just be kind. You know, um, in, in your response and and make it easy for each other. You know, I mean, just the young ladies who are, you know, wanting a husband that will approach them, a, a guy that will do that, um, you know, for the guy that you're not interested in, give him the same level of kindness that, that you would want, you know, for a guy that maybe you're talking to and he's not interested in you. Um, and and men, you know, just remember, you're you're pursuing the daughter of a king. And so treat her that way. Uh, e even when you just start those conversations and you know let, yeah. let me let me add uh, and that sparks uh, another thought um wh whoever it is you're interested in you know if you find someone and you're getting to that courting uh process um and especially if you are meeting someone that maybe you don't know a whole lot about um uh, maybe they're from another church maybe you met them online and i met my wife online i I would prefer that people meet people within their own church um but uh, god can can do that as well um, whoever it is you're, you're meeting, 
should never be a mystery in their own church. All right. I mean, mm. whoever it is that that you're meeting should be plugged in, should be involved, and there should be good and godly couples there, uh, or good and godly people, and and the leaders who know who that person is and and can vouch for that person's character and how long they've been serving and, and all those kinds of things. So for men and women, if you happen to meet someone, uh, you, you know, the not only are we encouraging you to uh, exhibit the characteristics characteristics of godliness. But but also recognize that for yourself as well as for the person that uh, you you may be interested in getting to know, they should not be a mystery to their church. If they're a mystery to their church, that's that's not a person that, in my opinion, is prepared for a one flesh relationship. Yeah, I would agree. That's good advice. Well, I hope that this has been helpful to you guys. Uh, again, remember we catch us on our YouTube channel. Um, you can find that information in the show notes. Uh, again, our email address, if you have testimonies of how God's used our podcast in your life, we'd love to just rejoice with you. I, I think as pastors, it's nothing, uh, it's nothing more joyful than hearing not someone say that we taught well or that we had a good sermon, but to hear someone say, this is what God did in my life when, mm, when yes. I heard these Amen. things. Um, and so we'd love to rejoice with you. You can find all that information in the show notes. So thank you guys for joining us. And until next time, let the truth be known. The Truth Be Known podcast is a theologically driven, gospel-centered program serving the body of Christ by bringing biblical truth to bear on issues facing the church today. Subscribe to the Truth Be Known podcast by using the podcast app on your Apple or Android device or listen online at strivingforeternity.org in the podcast section.